This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this podcast is a conversation on the Four Faith weekly devotional sent out every Friday. You can find a link in this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe to Four Faith in the episode description. Well, Bishop, you wrote a devotional on uh, Genesis chapter 22, where Abraham is about to sacrifice his son. And uh, your title of your devotion is Sacrifice. And you go on to say that sacrifice is the denying or destroying of something to fulfill a holy purpose and continue to say sacrifice is a conscious and gut-wrenching choice. And so I'm curious, you say sacrifice saves us from being tepid. And when I think of the word tepid, I think of um, the word ambivalent. And I don't know if that's what you meant, but I'm curious if you can just share with us what you mean by being tepid. Well, when I when I think about tepid, I think about, you know, a bath that is neither hot nor cold, right? It's just this sort of this, you know, unhappy uh, middle place. And if you look in the Bible, it talks about that that God will sort of spew the lukewarm out of God's mouth, right? So there's there's this notion about being lukewarm that I think unfortunately, locates so many of us uh, in our faith journey. We, we, we have been lukewarm. I think the vast majority of us have been, for a season, lukewarm, and perhaps even are lukewarm uh, now. And, and this notion of sacrifice is there's no lukewarm in sacrifice. Sacrifice is about value. It's about worth. It's about worship. It's about um, what is ultimate. And, and Abraham is faced with that choice. God gives him uh, an, an opportunity uh, to to say uh, in the sacrificing of something that is uh, the desire of his affection, if you'll sacrifice the desire of your affection, uh, then then you have ultimate allegiance with me. So there's no lukewarm in Abraham. Thanks be to God that uh, that Isaac is not sacrificed, and and thanks be to God that the angel breaks into that incredible moment uh, and and says that God is clear now, Abraham. Uh, that you esteem God more than anything. And so it, it is, It is. I mean, I'm a, I'm a parent. I'm a parent of five. And I think there's a lot of parents out there. And, and we know uh, what it means and what it feels like to not be tepid about your kid's education or wanting the best of your kids for your kid or, or safety for your kid. We, we know very well what it means to sacrifice, to keep a family together or sacrifice, to take a bold step out and do something new. For the family, we we understand that, and so these these biblical ideas are about trying to help us understand, you know, uh, that sacrifice has to have meaning, uh, and and we have to be creating something uh, pretty significant to deny ourselves uh, or destroy something else. Mm. So you then go on to say that the antidote to the virus of hate in all its forms isn't ultimately a new program of the government or the church, but it's people willing to sacrifice their ideologies and reputations for God. And when I read that statement, I thought, gosh, that is, that's, that's, that's like being a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? And I thought, oh shoot, <laughs> like I yeah. might be missing the mark a little bit. Right. But then I'm, th- I'm thinking of people like, uh, you know, Bubba Wallace, who is the NASCAR driver for NASCAR, just kind of put everything out on the line 
and suggested that uh, the Confederate flag come down and NASCAR listen to them. Yet at the same time, we're also reminded of Colin Kaepernick being shunned from the NFL for doing his protesting of taking a knee during the national anthem. And so I'm, I'm curious to what, in your words, do you feel like sacrifice is in now? Like, how do you sacrifice? How would you have others sacrifice? Well, let's talk about uh, uh, Bubba Wallace, but let's let's talk about the head of NASCAR, really. I mean, who, who would have known that we would have come to a day when, you know, the NBA and the NFL, which are, are made up primarily of African-Americans, sort of get mealy mouth and balk, uh, you know, some time ago at, at, at trying to initiate lead, real significant change, even conversation. Who would have ever thought that NASCAR would be in the lead? And so I have to tip my hat not only to Bubba Wallace for sort of embodying that courage, but to the head of NASCAR who, who ran the risk of, uh, of alienating his base, um, who, who ran the risk of, you know, of, of, you know, of financial ruin or certainly uh, significant financial impact and said, we have to make this sport safe for everybody. We can no longer allow to be associated with our brand this symbol of race hatred and racial intimidation. Um, you know, so I have to tip my hat to, to the board and to the head of NASCAR, even before I get to, to Bubba Wallace. Um, and so, but I, but I, I think that uh, Bubba Wallace has sacrificed certainly his safety, as we have seen tragically that, that some poor soul has decided to, to conjure up a symbol, the noose, uh, which has particular potency uh, for black men, in the American South to conjure that up as a way to intimidate Bubba Wallace away from away from his point that this sport is for every American. And this sport is about a good sporting time and about the race cars and about going fast and not about uh, hatred, uh, you know, disguised as Southern heritage. So, so I think that, you know, again, even in that example, it is about what what is meaningful. And so as we look at NASCAR, what they decided was this is meaningful, that we open the doors of this sport for everybody. Therefore, we are willing to take a risk. We are willing to sacrifice. And, you know, thanks be to God and thanks be to, to uh, so many people that, that so far, so good. And I just, I hope that this, this courage um, on behalf of, of the folks at NASCAR is really rewarded with financial gain. But if it's not... It certainly, at least in my mind, should be rewarded uh, with laud and praise for bravery. So I, I think what I want to say in, in this whole meditation is, is that you cannot live an authentic life with God without sacrifice. It's just not possible. And I, and I think even more so with God, I think that the atheist, uh, just because uh, of the human condition, has to live with some sense of sacrifice. Sacrifice in terms of toil, sacrifice in terms of decisions on behalf of others, on behalf of family members, et cetera, et cetera. So sacrifice, I think, is just part of the human condition. But that much more for the believer, that much more for the follower of Jesus. Sacrifice is about soul-making, soul-making. It's, it's about um, sacrifice invites us uh, into a reality that takes us out of the center, Right, us out of the center, and I think this is the, one of the, the the way that God makes souls in Scripture through all these beautiful narratives is for you and I to become other centered. What happens in this in this story, which some people don't like, but I think it's a it's a powerful narrative, is is that uh, Abraham had always wanted a child, 
And he'd always wanted a child uh, with his wife. He got a child from Hagar, the Egyptian, uh, Ishmael, but he always wanted a child with his wife. And so they've grown old and, and, and that was not possible until, as Walter Brueggemann says, the three-in-one visitor comes and announces that he will, in fact, be a father. Not only a father, he'll be the father of many faiths, uh, and, uh, and, and he will have descendants more than sand on the seashore or stars in the sky. And so this, this Isaac was the, was his, the object, uh, the culmination of everything he wanted. And, and yet, in that moment of sacrifice, he had to other center. He had to take himself and his own desires out of the center and put God firmly in the center. And this is why God affords him, you know, unique praise uh, and unique veneration among all of those who have had faith. And so all I want to make a point, you know, the point I want to make with this thing is, is that I want all of us to take a look at our life with sacrifice. You know, you asked the, the question, what sacrifices have I made? Well, I mean, you know, I I won't I would not want to put myself up on any on any billboard. I'm just one among many who's trying to, you know, stumble forward and follow Jesus. But I I have had to sacrifice uh, thinking that I was right. I had I had I have had to sacrifice, um, you know, superiority and and separateness. You you have to let's talk about sacrificing the narratives that a lot of us have had. I remember, to be very honest and very vulnerable with you, I, I remember early on being an African-American raised in public housing that when I got to Virginia Seminary, I saw a lot of kids there, a lot of young people there who were white, who came from very privileged backgrounds, and I had a chip on my shoulder. I, I thought that somehow my overcoming, my ability to bootstrap myself up, to strive and to position myself for a middle-class life, put me somehow above them. Uh, and I had to, I had to really confront that ideology. That ideology has nothing to do with fellowship, Christian fellowship, one to the other. We've all had different journeys, and and I, I thank God for uh, a dear friend of mine who sat me down and asked me about that, and and asked me to see human pain as human pain, and asked me to see human striving as human striving. And and so I'm so grateful for that because I could have walked around with this sort of mealy mouth Christianity, which really sort of maintained. Uh, a sense of superiority. And so I think this is one of the things that w- what I'm talking about sacrifices, you've got to sort of stop winning arguments with God. I think that's where we should start. We should, we, we've got to at some point say, God, you are central to what I do and how I do it and the decisions I make. That's number one. So we have to sacrifice first place in our lives. Um, you know, again, I said, uh, I've said in other places, you know, that, that old adage, if you're in the driver's seat, Rather, if God is in the uh, in the passenger seat, you're in the wrong damn seat. I, I think what it what Jesus what Jesus sort of embodies is is that even Jesus, Lord of Lord, King of Kings, uh, sacrifices Himself. Right? He he puts God as central, and I think that's what we learn on the cross with Jesus. That even Jesus has to sort of supplant Himself and to be faithful in a moment, especially when it's visceral, especially when it's painful. You know, here's what we're saying when we're talking about sacrifice. We're saying that faith has a cost. We're saying that faith has loss with it. It's attended by all kinds of loss. I don't, a Christian faith that does not have sacrifice and does not have loss, I don't think is recognizable as Christian faith. I think if Christianity has built anything that's laudable, that's praiseworthy, over two millennia, it has been because of the sacrifice of good and holy people. I mean, they say that, you know, the, the, the blood of the martyrs is the, is the mortar of the church. 
right? And so I wonder, as we confront our own social ills right now, if that's what we're not missing right now, is more sacrifice by the people who say Jesus is Lord. Great. All right. Well, when we get back, we'll talk more about martyrs. We'll be right back with four people after a short break. If you're enjoying Four People with Bishop Rob Wright, we encourage you to subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome back to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Bishop, in the first segment of our episode, you were talking about martyrdom and 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 sacrifice, and that's awesome. As I was listening, I couldn't help but reflect on some of the prosperity gospel message. And, you know, that would be like, so if you accept Jesus and you commit to living a Christian life, that's kind of like, that's going to mean that all of your troubles are going to go away. Uh, Jesus saves. We're good. Everything's great. But based upon what you said and what our perspective and interpretation of the Bible reading is that actually, no, your troubles have just begun. (laughs) Right? Like you got to, you got to accept the fact that we are choosing to live sacrificially, which is certainly not an easy thing. And so I'm curious if you have any, any thoughts about um, perspectives on living Christian lives, living a life of sacrifice or something else, according to some of the messages or the popular messages being spoken or preached out there. Yeah. So, so I appreciate that question. Yeah. I'm concerned about any kind of spirituality that really turns God into a spiritual vending machine, right? Um, you know, uh, put $2 in and get $4 out. I, I, I think that what I want to say about that is, is that faithfulness has its own rewards and not all of them are material. In fact, not a lot of them are material. Um, I, I think one of the rewards we get is participating in the meaning making of God in the here and now. That's what sacrifice is. Sacrifice is that I'm a full partner with you. Uh, a thousand years ago, I was a, a Navy search and rescue diver. And I, when I went to dive school, uh, those gentlemen uh, and I were, became brothers because of the, of the sweat we we sweated together, because of the, the what we exerted together, what we achieved together, what we built together, and so, so I think that and, and there was a lot of sacrifice. I mean, it was a lot of pain, and it was a lot of everything. It was a lot of learning uh, that all of us did, and I, I think this is the invitation that Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, "Look, there's no quid pro quo here. You know, join me of your own volition, but understand." Uh, you know, there's sacrifice on this journey. Again, uh, sacrifice and faith in God is about the soul-making business, right? Uh, it's about the anvil on which souls are made. And so, yeah, uh, it's no wonder that Jesus doesn't have more friends, right? It's no wonder that, that we don't try to engineer Jesus into our own image. We do so because we don't want to pay the cost of living for God. I think that there's enough spiritual and human power in the world right now to right all the wrongs, to heal all the wounds, to feed all the people, and to create futures for all of God's people. The question is, is that are we willing to make the sacrifices necessary? Are those of us who have too much willing to share out with those who have not enough? I I feel like we have the capacity, and yet we blame God. And so I think that, yeah, the way forward for us uh, right now in America would be about the sacrifice. There, there are churches, it seems to me, almost on every block in major American cities. And yet we can't get together to build anything because people are not willing to sacrifice a, a, a primacy or, or um, celebrity. Uh, and, and, and this is why we can't get things done. 
it, it is it is tragic, I think, uh, when the world is languishing, but for the sacrifice uh, of people. Doctor, people like to quote Dr. King quite a bit, but I never hear them quote this particular quote, quote from Dr. King, where he says, uh, do you know where we store all the food necessary to feed all the starving babies in the globe? And, you know, he answered his own question. I know where we store it. We store it in the bloated bellies of us in America. So, so you know, that's sort of a really sharp way to say that, um, that you know, in God's economy, uh, we're supposed to be making sure that there's enough for everybody. And when we don't do that, when we don't do that in terms of our ide- ideologies, when we don't do that in terms of our reputations, when we don't do that in terms of uh, our possessions, then we create an alternative economy. And then we have the woes uh, that we have. And so uh, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm concerned about this subject because it goes to spiritual maturity, right? And I think that's the point. It, you and I cannot grow up, as St. Paul said, cannot grow up into the full stature right, of Christ, unless sacrifice becomes some part of it. Now, I'm not asking anybody to run right out and do anything in particular, but I I do believe we've got to ask this most dangerous question, and that is, what have I rejected or destroyed just to join Jesus in his holy purposes, right? I I think we've got to ask that, and it's not so we can get a badge to to be, you know, the Jesus people, but but it is... you know, Paul said, I count it all loss uh, if I can gain Jesus. So again, like Abraham, you know, you know, have we said with absolute clarity that God above everything, you know, does our, does our calendar look that way? Does our checkbook look that way? Does the way we spend our time, you know, does it say that? Because I think that's the genuine article. And here's what we know, right? Here's what we know. When these people emerge from our ranks, when we meet these people, these these sacrificial people, these self-sacrificing people, these other-centered people, they always stand out. They always stand out at the office, in our families, at our churches. They always stand out. But that kind of holiness is within reach of every Christian, right? Uh, Jesus has laid down the breadcrumbs, right, so that you and I can find our way uh, to that, right? Here's what we know. We know this. That, you know, consuming, right, abundance of things will make you happy. There's no denying that, right? But only joy can make you free, right? There's a freedom that comes with joy. And so when we join God in God's holy purposes, which mean we have to sort of trim the fat of our lives, we get the joy of being in step with the very one we say is the ultimate object of our adoration and affection. So you've got me. Yes, I'm all in. And, <laughs> and at the same time, though, I'm wondering about uh, folks who feel like they are sacrificing for a just cause. Maybe they're ultra radical members are from sects of Christianity or um, or Islam who who do sometimes the unthinkable in the name of God. And so I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on how how do we know the difference between a just cause or an unrighteous one? Yeah, I mean, again, you know, we're not making this up as we go along. We have a script, right? And thank God we had a script. When Jesus encountered the devil, he simply read from the script. We have a script. We know that uh, love of God, uh, soul, mind, heart, strength, 
uh, and love of neighbor uh, as ourselves, we know that, that that is the North Star. We know that that's the playbook. We know that generosity. We know that forgiveness. We know that prayer, even for enemy. We know that cooperation with and not collusion with is the way forward for us. We know that everybody uh, that everybody can be under their shade, their shade and fig tree, uh, and everybody can have their own. Uh, we know that that's the way forward. And so, what I want to do is I want to celebrate those people, even right now in in some of our American cities, who have uh, uh, who have been consistently doing this work of sacrificing so God's other children can have what they need. And I want to identify and celebrate those people who have newly become uh, invigorated uh, by, uh, and I say this in a, in a, in a, in a matter of way, in, in, a, in a matter of, uh, of speaking, who have become invigorated now because of the blood sacrifices uh, of, uh, of, of, of the George Floyds and the Breonna Taylors and the Alvin Aubrey's and the Richard Brooks. Um, this is how it works. Uh, when we see uh, humanity destroyed, uh, disregarded, it, 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 it in some way inspires us to sacrifice some of our comfort so that we don't have to see those kinds of tragedies again in our lifetime, so that we can spare the next generation from those tragedies. And so sacrifice is really a, a, a means of making sure we move the generations forward. We close the gaps between how what we say on Sunday and how we live on Monday. That's not automatic. Uh, Dr. King said in another place, you know, change does not roll in on wheels of inevitability, right? What changes things is when you and I decide with our life and our energies to bend the arc. When we decide that, we spend our time in, in, in certain ways, uh, then things begin to change. And so we are in a special moment, I do believe, right now. Uh, with with COVID nineteen and and the focus that that's helped some of us have, and the recommitment that I think this has made some of us have, as well as these these uh, terrible uh, this police violence that we've seen here, uh, I think it's a recentering, a refocusing moment for many of us. And I think and I pray that it's calling the church uh, uh, out uh, out of her buildings and back into where she should be, which is a, a system leader and difference-making people wherever we find ourselves. I love that. I, I, I'm i reminded of sacrifices often meaning we're making a choice, a choice not to be comfortable, a choice not to protect our reputation, not to just um, keep the status quo, but to get dirty, to rock the boat and do what we feel God would be calling us, is calling us to do. So I'm grateful for that. You've given us a lot to think about, and I'm wondering if you have any final thoughts for our listeners. Yeah, I, I, I would. I would just rem- I would remind you that you know when Paul goes to Rome, St. Paul goes to Rome, and he you know he's he's playing with the big boys now, right? He's coming from in from the country, and he's into the big city with all the philosophizers, you know. And what does he say to his group of people? Anyone who would pay attention, he says, "I appeal to you." Uh, my siblings, my brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, right? This is where it has always been. We are a group of people who believe in an incarnated God, a God who left God's high heaven and took on frail flesh and changed the world. And that template is still our template. It wasn't only for Jesus. It's our template as well. So we present ourselves as a living sacrifice, so that God's celebrity increases and God, God's way wins. That, that's, that's, that's the last word. And I think you and I have to think about, you know, how we take that next step, bearing that in mind. 
Well, thanks so much, Bishop. Thank you, listeners, for listening to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave us a review, and we'll be back with you next week. 